Hello, welcome back to the Goddess Journals. I'm your host, Maggie Pugh. Today I have a replay episode from my interview over on Jesse Wayne's podcast, Master Your Mindset. I had so much fun talking with Jesse. We talked about so much from tarot to my spirit and mediumship skills to grief acceptance, what spirituality even is and the tools that you can use. It's basically like a beginner's guide to spirituality and we just tap into literally everything. Jessie said that she didn't feel like she'd had a real spiritual conversation in a long time and she was able to just let herself free with this one. So I thought I would share this replay episode so you'd have the chance to hear it too. So you could go check out Jesse's podcast. And also because I'm traveling in Canada and visiting my family right now. So this makes it a little (laughs) easier for me, but I can't wait to tell you all about the trip that I've had to Canada and how it's like to really come back to a place after two years of being gone and two years of deep spiritual change and so much has happened to me. I've discovered my mediumship skills. I've started working in my spiritual business full time and I feel like I've grown and changed and up-leveled a lot as a person and to come back to my hometown. It's a really cool and interesting time. So I'm excited to share that with you in the upcoming weeks, but for now, enjoy this replay podcast And yeah, I really hope you enjoy it and go check Jesse out over at the Master Your Mindset podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Welcome to the Goddess Journals. I'm your host, Maggie Pugh, tarot reader, spiritual coach, past life regression practitioner, and your personal spiritual hype girl. I'm here to help you break down your walls and practice the radical vulnerability you need to get to know your soul at its very core. This podcast will give you the guidance to change your fear into power and take those first steps on your ultimate journey to soul transformation. So take a deep breath and let's get mystical. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Master Your Mindset podcast. I'm so excited to be introducing to you to today's guest. We have Maggie here, and Maggie is a spiritual practitioner and a psychic medium. And I was just saying to Maggie earlier that I'm really excited for this conversation because I feel like I haven't had like an extremely spiritual conversation in some time now. So this is going to be really exciting. And thank you so much for being here, Maggie. Thank you. I'm so excited. I've been traveling for the past couple of months, so I haven't really sat down to do a podcast episode like with somebody else like this too. So I feel very similar. I'm so excited because I'm just, I don't know, so woo woo and so spiritual that I'm excited to just get into it all. <laughs> I love it. You have like a few titles as well. Like, or I, I don't know if titles is the right word, but I know that you are like a medium and spiritual guide messenger. I know that you're a past life regression practitioner and I know that you're a tarot reader as well. So for me, that's super impressive. I love that. I'm super impressed with that. And I know that you must have like a separate story that makes up each title, but I would love to know what has your story looked like into tapping into your spiritual gift? Yeah, I am such a big advocate for the fact that anybody 
can do what I do. Anyone can be like so spiritual. It doesn't matter where you started or what age you started or what time you started. I think everyone can can do this because I don't come from a very spiritual family. I always joke because my brother calls himself an atheist and then I'm this spiritual woo-woo psychic medium and we're on two separate ends of the of the spectrum and I say to my parents how did this happen <laughs> how did how did this you know such difference in 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 beliefs just from one family happen but I when I went to university I just needed a job and because I paid myself through university and I got a job at a crystal shop and I just kind of you know, bullshitted my way through the interview. (laughs) And then I had the job and it just was this huge spiritual awakening for me, just starting to learn a about the crystals. It was like this awakening. I wouldn't know how it just stuck in my brain. It didn't feel like I was learning. It felt like I was just remembering. Like you could tell me something about a crystal and it would just stay there. And so that's a fun fact that a lot of people, even in my community, I think, don't know about me is that I'm a little crystal encyclopedia. Like you can show me, you can show me a crystal and I'll be like, I know what it is, I know what it does, this is how you use it. These are my tips and tricks for almost every crystal out there. Wow. <laughs> because I worked there. Yeah, I worked there for five to six years. I then got my first tarot and oracle decks, and I just started reading. And I think a really big blessing for me was that I was in a program at school and it was a rushed program over the summer to get my publishing certificate. And I brought my cards in to show my friend and to read for her. And then from that day, every single day at our hour lunch, I would eat my lunch and then I would set up all my cards and everyone in my class would come line up and I would read for them at lunch. So I got such great practice that way because I did it for an hour every day for three months. And that just came so naturally for me. And it just all sort of started like rolling and rolling. And same with past life stuff. My very first deck was a past life deck. And because that's the one into spirituality I have is that my mom says that she has past life memories. She can remember a life and she knows it's not the one she's in now. And she's like, it wasn't a dream. These are memories. And so it's always intrigued me. And so I did that. And then I saw that I could become certified as a past life regression practitioner. So I did that half an hour before I got on the plane to move my life from Canada to Denmark. I was at the airport and I paid in full. I was like, here you go. Here's here's the thousands of dollars to get me certified. I'm going to jump on the plane to move to a country that I haven't even seen the place I'm going to live yet. It was the biggest, wildest time of my life. And then it's just sort of spiraled from there. It's like everything has just led to another. So then during my past life regression sessions, I started channeling and getting messages coming through. And I was like, whoa, what's going on here? What's this? And I leaned into that. So it's just kind of that domino effect where one thing has led to the other. And I'm excited to see where it goes because I like to have my hands in all these different pots. I want to know Reiki. I'm learning a lot about astrology right now. And I'm like, I just want to, I just want to know it all because I just am so curious, you know? (laughs) Oh, I literally have butterflies in my tummy. This is so cool. I love this. So 
I'm not going to say that I'm not going to say that you haven't been spiritual all your life or ask you that because I know it's like or not spiritual but like like let's even say it's psychic medium or like being able to hear messages and things because I know it's something that everyone has the ability to tap into it's just when we switch that back on or switch or switch it on or switch it off or keep it off but um so you really only started getting into this or hearing messages or um you know your guides and things like that when you you were like that your introduction was the crystal shop yeah so I was about 20 20 I was about 21 when I started at the crystal shop um 2021 around there and that was really my introduction I mean when you like you're saying when you look back when I'm a kid I collected pebbles from the playground and I had a little box with my pebbles in them right and my mom even says that so my great grandmother her grandmother used to read palms and tea leaves and she stopped because she it was basically so accurate that it she felt uncomfortable so she actually saw in someone's tea leaves that someone's husband was going to lose their leg and she didn't like she I don't know if she said something she didn't say anything but it made her feel very uncomfortable because then in a few months he did lose his leg and she thought I don't want to know this like I don't want to have this information so she stopped so she's like it runs in our family and then when I was three years old I think (laughs) this is so funny I don't know if I've ever told this story before but I was just playing with my toys and then I looked up at my mom and I said Auntie Sandy's calling which is her sister. And she thought I was just playing. So she pretends to answer a phone. She's like, Oh, hello, Sandy. And then the phone rings and she answers it. And it was my auntie Sandy and they both freaked out. <laughs> so my mom says, you've always had this in you. Like you always have had these things. It was just, I just had to relearn them and retap into them when I was older because kids are so tapped in. Mm, yeah 100% kids that's where that's where it is and it's like you either choose to switch off that switch for whatever reasons or not like I you speaking about these stories I love stories like that when they say like you know someone's so-and-so's ringing or someone's gonna call and then it's actually true and it's like whoa I feel like so I kind of have a similar story actually I don't know if I've ever shared this or anything but where I wasn't like tapped into my spirituality or anything. I had my spiritual awakening only maybe a year or so ago. That's how I, that's where it all started for me. But I, looking back now to when I was a little kid, there were so many things that I knew. Like I knew so much of what was going to happen and this and that. And, and even in my past lives and like, it all makes sense. So yeah, I I love I love stories like that. I love hearing your story as well because I wasn't familiar with it either. Yeah, it's it was just the biggest awakening and it's just completely snowballed and every time I think I know what to expect, it turns out to be something else. Like I'm thinking I'm just going to be a past life regression practitioner. Like just just that alone is so cool and so amazing and people can do such amazing things with it. And then I'm sitting there in the sessions and I'm getting pain in my hip. And then my client comes out and they're like, yeah, I was shot in the hip. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and I'm getting these messages. The the one that I always tell for my first like real spirit message that like hit me in the face, I was getting messages just from guides that were very kind of vague at first. Cause I think that was the easiest way for me to trust myself and get into it. But then I started getting people's loved ones come through, but I would question myself and I had a client and I did one for her. And it was like, 
I knew her grandfather had passed and he was very close to her. So when he was coming through being like, grandfather, grandfather, I was like, no, I'm making this up, right? There's that level of trust you have to build within yourself because you can get, you could be sitting there right now and you could have guide spirits, the universe whispering in your ear. And unless you trust yourself to interpret that as a message, it's never going to come through as a message, right? You're just going to think they're your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so I like, no, no, no. I think I'm making this up because I know her grandfather has passed. So then I had somebody else come through and they're saying their name is um, Bud or Bug. It was like B-U with like a hard vowel. I said to her, Bud or Bug. And she goes, oh my gosh, that's my grandfather. And I said, I thought your grandfather's name was Charlie. And she's like, yeah, but no one called him Charlie. They only called him Bud or Bug. And so I thought that was so funny because that was one of those things where they're going to try and make you hear no matter what, because he's saying grandfather or Charlie. And I'm like, no, 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 I know that. So he's like, well, I'm going to come through with my message, but in a way that you're, you're going to listen to me. And so that was when I thought, okay, I need to trust myself. Mm-hmm. And it's just taking that leap more and more to trust yourself because with spirituality, it's all around you. And you can have these moments where you can say, okay, this helps anchor my belief in like that. Right. But unless you're taking the leaps to just trust yourself, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to have any sort of spiritual awakening. You're not going to be able to tap into any of your spiritual gifts because they can't just hand it to you. You have to like cultivate that trust within yourself first, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 100% the trust thing. You can't just get things handed to you. There's like a little bit of work to do. And in this case, it's practicing self-trust and and really being with your intuitive self. Oh, wow. There's so many avenues I want to go down with this. Okay. So first of all, let's just ask, I know a lot of people that have had their loved ones pass, including myself. And let's just say, like, let's speak for myself. When I was younger, So my mom passed away when I was almost eight years old and I didn't really know much about this, um, like the spiritual side of things. I wasn't like learning about it or I wasn't having my awakening until I was older. Anyway, I'd always been curious to have a psychic mediumship reading and I just never did because I was so nervous and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was going to come of it. Obviously, someone passing is quite an emotional thing as well. But what I can say, because I know a lot of people feel this way still, where they're still so nervous. In my own experience, what I can say is that having these readings and being able to talk to my mom and my grandfather was the thing that helped me accept it and be okay with it and still grieve, obviously, but, you know, accept. So I would love, and I didn't know that this is where I was going to take this, but I would love some sort of words from you that you can say to people about what psychic medium readings actually entail, what they look like, and just to bring a sense of safety for people. Yeah. I think sometimes people worry just like what's going to come through. A lot of people worry if they've had someone pass who they weren't necessarily on the best terms with, right? If it ended and maybe they're afraid that person is angry with them, or maybe they're angry at that person and they don't want them to come through. But I think the most important thing to remember with some sort of psychic mediumship is the messages that come through are rarely about like the person who has passed. Like sometimes they might be to say like to identify themselves and have that magical moment, right? But usually 
they know that, you know, if you believe, especially for someone like me who believes in reincarnation and stuff like that, they're in this in-between space. They're watching over you and they're like full with their soul. So they have all the perspective they need to understand where their ego came in and not try and have to be defensive about themselves. Like usually when the messages come through, it's purely so that your soul can have the best experience with the time that you have left in this lifetime. I'll have people come through and they're asking for forgiveness. They're saying, I really, really hope that she, he, they, whoever it is that I'm doing the reading for can forgive me. And a lot of the time the client can sometimes feel, I don't know, a little like, well, I don't want to forgive them. They were a really bad person in this life. They treated people I loved poorly or me poorly, or we ended in bad terms. And they're not asking for forgiveness for themselves because their soul can see the full picture and they're going to be going back in their next life and they're going to have those karmic debts. There's nothing that your forgiveness can do to make the soul that's passed on relieved of that karmic debt because it's their actions that they have to atone for in their next life. And a lot of the time you're like, I don't want to forgive them because they don't deserve it. But the reason that they're asking for forgiveness from you is so that you can be released. They see now, they see, I have all this karma tied for me because of my actions. And if I can send forward this message and they can forgive me and I can help them find peace with this and let go of that anger or resentment or whatever it is, then they can go into their next life so much freer. And it's same for the people who we love and who we miss. It's like, if they can forgive me for leaving them, if they can forgive me for not being able to play the role that we both thought I would play in their life, that is going to free them so, so much to be able to move forwards in this life, but also in lives to come. You know what I mean? Oh, well, yes. I'm just, like, <laughs> this is this is I'm going to say this story. I'm going to say a little bit of the story because it's like it reminds me of what's coming up with what you're saying. So as much as like growing up, I felt guilty for having this feeling and this wasn't the only feeling I had. I was always angry at my mum for leaving at such a young age. And what I was mentioning before about how, you know, I look back and I knew things. I knew things were happening. I knew my mum was going. Like I knew she was leaving soon. So there were things that I was doing in my earlier, early childhood when she was here that was preparing myself for when she did leave and preparing for my family as well. Um, anyway, that's not the story. So I grew up once my mom had passed angry, so angry. How could you leave three kids? Um, you know, there's a role that you were meant to play similar to what you were saying. Like, why do I feel like that's on me now? All of these things. So there was these feelings that I had. And it's funny because like every so often it comes back up. And once I actually admitted that the feeling that I had to, you know, one of my spiritual coaches was anger, we could work through that on a mindset point of view. And like you say, I, this is what I mean about how I could actually accept that. Cause as much as I love my mom, I do. And, and anger is not the only feeling that I have towards her. Like it's grief and like sadness and all that as well. It's like once I could forgive for that specific thing, even though that's something that I'm I'm putting on myself, I could accept all of it and um, 
just continue to grieve in a way that has no anger and like, and I could move forward with my life, like you say. So I I love that because there's especially like different things like dreams that come through and, you know, certain dates that come through and uh, reminders that there was that anger and like, there's a little bit more to, you know, work on here. Um, And that actually came up recently because not too long ago, it was my mum's like 19 years of passing. And that actually came up and I was working through that with my coach and I'm like, this is coming up again. But again, it's just giving me that, um, it's just allowing me that time to work through the anger so I can accept and forgive even more so that I can move forward. Because let me tell you, once I did, there was so many, my, my path was clear. I had a clear direction and I was able to move forward. So thank you for bringing that in because it makes so much sense. Yeah, it's it's rare. Like sometimes after a session, you can feel a little vulnerable, a little raw, a little bit because it's such a vulnerable state, and like it is something that's so it's it's beautiful but powerful, but also sad because you know you can't speak to these people, you can't have them in your life the same way. But it's also just it can be so freeing for your own soul to get these messages, and also just to know sometimes sometimes we're not angry. Like, you know, I have two grandparents who have passed in their nineties. Like it, you know, they lived a long life. I knew them for a long, long time and I'm not angry at them for, for passing, but I, there's still a lot of grief there, but to know that, you know, they're watching over me and I can get signs and that they're still cheering me on and that their energy lives in me in some ways that even though I knew that, I don't know, when you go and have these sessions, it's a different sort of knowing to Mm. just, then you just like you can feel it more. Does that make sense? Well, I actually had a piece of guidance come through from my mom the other day with my spiritual healer. So she actually said, you know, your mom is telling you more color, more color in your life, more color in your life. And it makes so much sense to me because sometimes I can go down this route of taking life so seriously and it's the masculine and it's the structure and it's like the forgetting about the play. So it's really cool. And I know that you are a spiritual guide messenger, what does that just come with people who have like loved ones that have passed or is that also I know like with guides as well oh totally there's a difference so you have your loved ones and you have kind of three types of loved ones that come through and then you also have guides so like for your loved ones you'll have people who come through for like atonement who are trying to heal something between that relationship that this is the only way that it can be done because you need to have that communication really right and then you have loved ones who are watching over you and trying to guide you probably like your mom who's like wear more color like who has that view over your life and they're trying to guide you in the right direction to help you be more in your energy and more yourself and then you have the loved ones who are just kind of like hanging out and they're just watching you like I have so many loved ones come through and I'm like I know it sounds cliche I know I could say this probably for most people but it's also true some loved ones come through, like grandparents will come through and they don't have any messages. They're not trying to guide you. They're just like, I love you and I'm proud of you. And I'm happy to be able to watch over you. And I'm happy that you're my legacy and that you're my family and that I get to watch, you know, me through you and like watch you grow into also your own unique person. Like there's some loved ones who are just watching and they're just like vibing and they're just happy to still be a part of your energy, right? And then you have your spirit guides, and typically those guides are going to be more guides, right? They're going to try and guide you. They're going to have specific messages for you. They're going to send you signs and do all these things, and 
those are different. And those I would say are more like energy entity sort of things. Like you don't necessarily know them. Um, you may, it's like the, the blurry line comes when you know a soul from a past life that they haven't come into this life and they're instead watching over you. And then it's like, okay, so you don't know them from this life, but they're also not that just pure energy state, but you do have guys like I've had people come through. I had this one client have a little very spunky, fiery, but like little fairy sort of energy come through. And she was watching over that person's inner child. So I was getting messages from her and I was saying, you have really deep inner child healing to do, but it's hard for you to tap into your inner child. And they're like, yeah, it actually is. I said, it's because your inner child has this guardian who's basically like holding all the trauma to like keep that inner child sweet and innocent. But because it's holding so much trauma, it doesn't trust a lot of people. It doesn't even really trust you to tap into it. So you need to start working with this guide so that you can feel comfortable and you can feel safe and they can feel safe tapping into that energy again. Um, And so we have that, we have dark feminine energy coming through. Like I had this one, it was this just badass dark feminine energy. And she just came through just as like this bold, color sort of and then she kind of took shape she kind of reminded me of this like strict librarian <laughs> that's what I was explaining to this person and you know there's just this strong great energy that comes through and she's trying to say okay this is how you heal this part of your energy and and let me help you with that right and this is how we can work together and then you have like angels coming through and even if you don't believe in the religious ties with archangels like me, I don't necessarily subscribe to all that. So for a long time, I didn't work with angels. I don't, you know, you believe whatever you want to believe, but it's just not like within my own beliefs. But I think that the archangels you can still work with because that energy is out there no matter what you believe. And it just gives it a name and that way it can come through as a name. And so you have those like powerful energies of archangels and everyone has their own, like such unique set of guides who have come through to help heal and to help grow and specifically the way that they need to. I've even had guides come through that are just like, I want my presence to be known, but this is not our time to work together. They have to work with these other guides first, and then it'll be time to work with me. I've had guides come through and say, I really want to help, but there's these blocks that they need to work through because they can't even hear me when I'm speaking to them because your guides aren't going to make anything happen. They're not the universe. They can't control that fate, but they can guide you and push you into where you should be going. So that's kind of the, the difference between them. Oh, I knew I was going to have so much fun with this conversation. So, like I say, so many avenues I could go down. We could be talking for 50 hours, I, I swear. <laughs> um, so I just want to bring up a point. And this this reminded me of something that I always say around manifestation. When you say with your guides, you know, maybe there's a guide here that is, is knows that they're going to work with you or knows they're going to help guide you, but you actually need to work with this guide first to clear those blocks so that you can actually get to me. What I say with manifestation is... It's like a a recipe to make a cake, right? So it's like just in general, there is a certain order of things that you have to do. For example, there is a certain number of things that you have to clear, limitations that you have to realize, things that you have to become aware of, action steps that you need to take. And it's like when you're making a cake, you have to have the flour and all the dry ingredients first, and then you have all the wet ingredients, but they have to go in order. You can't just put them in a random order because it will affect or change the outcome of the cake. 
aka your goal or your manifestation, what you're manifesting in. So that is really cool because that's what it reminds me of when you say, you know, there's certain things that you have to do to work with certain different and meet certain different guides. And also it's just really cool. And for me anyway, is like a feeling of safety to know that you have a whole team of guides behind you, whether they're past loved ones or, you know, tarot guides, or like you say, the dark feminine energy guides, whoever, like you have a whole team, you are not alone. So that's a really cool thought. (laughs) Exactly. And everyone's team is like so specific to who they are and what they're supposed to be doing. And some people, you just can't hear them yet. So you might feel very alone, but it's, they're there and they're screaming. And as soon as you start to open your ears, you'll hear, hear them. But you also have to figure out how your guides want to be worked with, right? Because I've had people come through and they get so many signs and their guides are saying, I'm sending this and this and this, and you need to do this. And then I have other guides that are saying, I'm here to help, but you got to ask for it because I'm letting you make your own mistakes. I'm letting you find your own path and I can help and I can help keep you on alignment, but you need to ask me for help. We need to work together because I'm not just going to butt my little nose into your life and, and tell you what to do. But if you want me to, I will. Right. Mm. They're like a group of friends. You have those friends who will be bluntly honest with you, right? You have those friends who will try and help every little way. And then you have those friends who are like, I'm here. We don't talk very often, but I'm here. If you need something, you just let me know. And it's the same thing with your guides. You just have to figure out your relationship with all of them. And that can feel really overwhelming at the same time to be like, I have so many guides and how do I work with all of them? But just take it one step at a time and figure out, okay, do I have an inner child guide? Let me start working with my inner child and play into that. You can go to someone like me or a psychic medium or a spirit guide practitioner, and you can find out more of these things, or you can do it yourself. If you want to sit down and say, I'm going to work with my inner child and really tap into that energy. And I'm going to notice if there's signs that come up. Like things that are very repetitive around inner child. Okay, I'm working with my inner child and I'm seeing 333 everywhere. Okay, so that means that part of my spiritual support system speaks to me in this way, right? If you want to take your time with it, you can figure anything out on your own. But having someone do it with you also just gives you a little bit of a leg up, I think. hundred percent. It's like a whole other language. I was thinking about from your perspective, and I know I could say from this perspective of a psychic medium, but I know that it's very different for everyone. So from your perspective, what does this whole process look like of hearing messages from guides? I know that some people feel it. I know some people can see it. I know some people, it's just, they know. What does that look like for you? Yeah. So I definitely get images and I feel things in my body. My feeling things in my body is a little less mediumship and more just like the psychic aspect of it. Like I'll pick up on people's energy, but I'll also feel the pain in my body or I'll feel things come through. I can feel when a client has a big block and I can feel it like a wall coming up in my chest, right? And I'm like, okay, we got to work there. I got to push a little harder there. Uh, And then with messages, I get images and it is like a knowing. So the best way I can describe it is, it took me a really long time to figure out how to describe it. But, you know, you'll be reading a book and you have, you process your thoughts in that way, right? And it's kind of like, it's coming for me anyways, when I read something, 
they're not my own thoughts. So they're coming like across the front of my mind a little bit. And when I'm reading something and when I'm thinking something that's purely my own thoughts, my brain processes them differently. Mm -hmm. So when I get a message from a guide or the universe or a past loved one, my brain processes it as if I'm reading a book. Mm. So it's oh, so slightly, I have to be aware of it. Otherwise it just feels like a thought. But if I'm sitting there and I have my own inner voice and my own thoughts speaking to me, and then I have something for me, it just feels like it comes across the front of the forehead as if I'm reading a storybook, as if I'm reading something online, whatever, I can realize like, oh, that's not my thought. That's something that I'm being told. That's something that I'm observing. It's just that I'm doing this all within this knowing within my mind, I'm observing these thoughts. And it's the same thing with a picture. You can visualize and have a, an idea of a picture, right? I can picture an apple in my mind. I can say the word apple and picture it in my mind, but then looking at a photo of an apple processes differently within my mind. If that makes sense. And it's the same thing. I'll see, like I had someone's grandma come through and she wanted to connect back with her granddaughter by making this soup that was really like something that was very cultural to them and something they did together a lot when she was when she was still here and when the granddaughter was younger. And she was asking her, like, connect to your roots, make this soup, right? Make this this dish. And it was this like orange. It was like this orange soup sort of dish with like some stuff floating in the top. And I could see it, right? I could see it in my mind. I could describe it to her. And that comes through differently than if I'm like picturing it myself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the way that you explained that, how visualizing it in your mind and then actually looking at it on a piece of paper or something, how they process differently in your mind. I absolutely love that. But you said something that made me think of something that I don't actually know. What is the difference between psychic and mediumship? I would say for me, the difference is psychic is a much bigger umbrella. So like for my psychicness, it's me looking at the cards and getting the story from the cards, but then that inner knowing of knowing, and now this thing that's not really in the cards, but because I can see it in this person is connecting directly with it, right? If I'm pulling cards and typically they're all about relationship, but I can feel that like inner knowing like this, I have to twist this a little bit because this actually has to do with career, right? This actually has to do with career, but in this other way, it's the feeling in my body of what someone else is going through, what someone's going through in a passive regression or just in their life. It's that knowing of, I, I always joke like, it's that those just like little inner knowings where you can strengthen them. It's me going and standing exactly one spot, knowing that the train doors are going to stop there so I can walk right in. Like just, you know, it's, it's everything. It's that, that knowing that can't be explained. Whereas mediumship for me anyways, is that messaging. It's like that, the, the spiritual messaging system, it's me connecting with guides with, and with, your loved ones and stuff like that. I would say psychicness is more trusting yourself and having that, that information just purely come from you or maybe channeling from the universe. That's that psychicness and, and mediumship is working with other direct energies. Mm, Interesting. I didn't know that. Or even, you know, my own perspective on that or any perspective on that, which is so interesting. I kind of just saw them as one and the same of, you know, psychic mediumship, because I know that 
when I say I've had a mediumship reading or psychic mediumship reading, I know a lot of people are like, what is that? So, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. This is a really cool question to ask because now they have more of an in-depth knowing or understanding of what that even is. That's so cool. Thank you for that. You also said something that I feel like can tie into all of the, like I said in the beginning, the titles that you have, but I would love to know how you would figure out the difference between intuition and like messages from other energies or guides. I think that so many people kind of like to bridge your two questions together. So many more people could claim the title of psychic than they're allowing themselves to. For me, my intuition is very like me based. Like I use my intuition to tap into my own energy and be like, I'm going to do this. My intuition is like listening to my soul and listening to what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Whereas my psychic and mediumship are kind of like what I project out for others. If Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I think so many people, like if you're reading cards for people and they're saying like, oh my gosh, that's so accurate. How did you know this? Blah, 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 blah. This resonates so deeply. You can call yourself a psychic because that's not just your intuition. I think your intuition has to do with your personal energy. It's your third eye. It's your energy. And as soon as you're working with other people's energies, that's the level above intuition. Because if you don't trust yourself, if you don't have that strong intuitive bone to trust yourself, you're not going to be able to do it for other people. Right. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you're doing it for other people, even if you just want to call yourself like a a little baby psychic, because you're not fully, you know, fully there yet, you're not fully in that energy. That's okay. But for the longest time, I didn't call myself a psychic. And then before I called myself a medium, I just had psychic in my title. And that was because I'm like, if you read cards, if you do these spiritual things and you're working with people's energies and you're guiding them through energy, that is psychic energy I think anyone who calls himself a channel is just people will say I'm channeling like I'm I'm just a universal channel you're just a little you're scared of calling yourself a psychic I have a friend who who for so long was like I, I do channel I'm like that is you using your psychic gifts like that's what that is we're just scared because I think people don't always know what it is sometimes people are a little afraid of it there can be like stigmas that come up with it of people being too woo-woo I've you know had people nasty messages come through of like, you're taking advantage of people. And I'm like, that's just what comes with the name, unfortunately. Right. And hopefully it's becoming more accepted. And I think it is, but I think that so many more people just are scared to use the word psychic, but a lot of us are, especially if you are dabbling in that, in that realm, you know? Oh, well, I'm going to declare right now that I'm a baby psychic. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's so interesting when it comes to tarot and and people ask me like, what is that? Like, is it your intuition? Is it like, what is it? And so when I started learning to read tarot, I know that there's kind of like a general meaning for each card, right? But then it's like, what actually comes through with that? So especially if someone asks me for a general reading and, you know, all of this extra stuff comes through and I know, and then, you know, it's about their love life or it's about, like you say, relationships or their career or their job or, you know, what's going on in their life internally at the moment or something like that. It's that all comes through me, but that's not necessarily 
the general reading of the card, which is really cool and kind of healing for me to hear you say that as well, because it gives me more of an understanding of it all. Like you say, some people don't know. I wouldn't say I'm afraid. I would say that I'm curious as to what it is. And I think this is also why I love having conversations like this because you just learn more and more. I also have just had my spiritual awakening, what feels like not too long ago, but it makes sense, especially being a reader of tarot, what that is and where that comes from. So I I love that. I love that so much. And there's also that imposter syndrome that comes in, right? Where you're like, well, I don't know if I call myself a psychic, like, what does that mean? What do I need to, it doesn't really mean anything. (laughs) that sounds so silly but you know except for like what you want it to mean like what there's so many people who call themselves a psychic and they all do so vastly different things and they work in such vastly different ways that you just have to figure out what that means for you but if you're like I said working with other people's energy you're a hundred percent that and you're already taking it that step further you can read tarot and I would say if you're reading tarot and you're just reading directly from the book I would say like you're on the way to become a psychic, but you might not feel that title yet because you're just directly being like, okay, this is the card. This is what's coming through. I think that psychicness starts to come more when you start to trust yourself. Like you're saying, there's this card meeting, but I know that when these cards are put together, this is the story that I get to tell from it. I really see tarot as like, it tells a big story. I have to look at you know, this card means this, but if it comes up with this card or that card, those are three whole different meanings, right? There's a story that it's telling. There's a, there's something, a message it's weaving that the way different things come up are all going to be so different. And then you have to use that psychicness, that intuition to decipher that. Mm. And it makes a lot of sense as well, because with the, you know, the psychic part that comes through and how it could be different for each person, depending on whose energy you're tapped into when you're doing a reading, because I do the, you know, mini tarot readings on Instagram as well. And, you know, the same card could come up in a row for different people and it has such a different meaning. And there are variables, like you say, like there could be other cards and that paints a different picture or a different story. Or if I'm just doing one card, even it depends, like that could have such a different meaning and I could pull it right after the last one and it could have such a different meaning to the first one. So yeah. It's true. And it depends on the question someone asks. Like if you pull the, you know, the 10 of swords, which is like a really darker card for a lot of people, that's going to look different if you see love life versus career, right? Mm -hmm. If you're saying I'm really struggling right now and that card comes up, that's the universe saying like things are about to get better right? It means that you're at your lowest point, things are going to get better. Whereas if you pull it for a relationship, it's probably saying something's really got to give, something's got to change, you are not in alignment. And so, like you said, it it's all so different. And people read so differently. I love watching other people read because I think I never thought to read the card like that before, mm. right? And, and And everyone reads so differently because it's so, like you said, intuitive, psychic, spiritual, and I think that if you're interested in tarot, it's such a powerful start to that psychic journey. And you might end up not really using it much in years to come when you really hone your craft, but it's such an easy into it because you are kind of forced to use your intuition. You're forced to build that muscle in a way that other modalities may not help you build it, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Uh, well, tarot was my introduction to my spiritual awakening. That was the, yeah, like I say, my introduction and I loved it. And look at me now, I'm still curious about so many different things. I've done multiple sessions of past life regression. I've done, so I've done a lot as well. And, you know, starting to learn about crystals and things. And it's just, it is beautiful. While we're on specific cards, let's just say something that I was thinking about is, and this actually came up for me, not anymore, but when I was learning how to read tarot is that whether you are learning how to read tarot or you are reading for someone else and they can see what comes up. Let's just use the examples of the tower card, the devil card, you know, death, those types of cards. Some people freak out. Like if you're reading, some people want to put it back in, you know, choose another one. Or if you're reading for someone, they're like, what does this mean? Tell me now. So it's like, what guidance do you have to say with those cards? Because I personally like these cards. So (laughs) me too. (laughs) Me too. My podcast is a lot of my guests who come on my podcast. We talk about tower moments. Yeah. That was the whole reason I started my, my podcast because I love the tower card. I think that if you can trust the unknown with it, like it's just saying you don't have a choice. Everything's about to change and you can either, you know, jump with it or you can be dragged through the dirt on the way there. Right. And I'm like, this is such an empowering card. This means huge transformation and change. And I get so excited when I see that card for someone and same with the devil. I feel like maybe I read the devil a little bit differently than other people do. It depends on the reading, but typically when the devil comes up, I just see it as, you know, it's the card of materialism. It's the card of like surface level. So I really often see it as that surface level card. And whenever that card comes up, I look at what other cards that comes up around it. And I'm saying, you know, if it's healing, I'm saying, you're not going deep enough in your healing. You're just scratching the surface. There's some sort of resistance that you're not allowing yourself to get through. If it's in a relationship, I'm like, there's something you're probably not talking about because you're just allowing it to hang out at the surface level of like, Oh, we're happy. We're fine. We're in love. But there's some like deep things you're not allowing yourself to go into. I see it very much as that surface level card and the death card. I'm just, I just tell people that that one is honestly, I think the hardest card to pull, but it can be the most freeing because I see it as you need to close that door completely. So there's probably like boundaries you need to set or cords you need to cut or something you need to fully let go so you can walk through into your next chapter. Death doesn't mean you're going to die. That's what I always tell people when they're afraid. I'm like, no one's going to die. It's all good. You're not dying. It just means the death of something. So it could be a death of a relationship, a death of a chapter of your life, the death of your ego, the death of a version of you, Mm -hmm. right? It can be all these different things. It could literally be the death card feels so dramatic and it could come from like the littlest thing. Like maybe you are needing to change up your routines and every morning you're going on your phone for three hours and the death card is being like, that needs to stop. You need to cut that out completely. And you're like, wow, that's really dramatic that you're like death to the phone. Like it's so dramatic, but it's yeah. not always so horrible. It's just saying it's time to move on. Yeah. Right. So for these cards, I say they can feel really scary, but they just hold really big energy of change. A lot of the times, the ones that feel really dark, just hold 
really big, powerful change within them. And then you also have the darker minor arcana, which people might be not as familiar with, but you'd see it like that 10 of swords where there's all the swords in the back or the 10 or the five of wands where it's just like fighting. And those can feel, you see them and you're like, oh, that doesn't look great. And that doesn't mean you have to go into that energy, right? If you, if I'm doing a year ahead reading and I pull that five of wands, that doesn't mean you're going to fight with anyone that month, but it does mean that that's the energy that you're going to be prone to. So sometimes when you get these darker cards, it's not saying, oh, everything's going to go and like, it's going to be horrible. It's more saying, just be aware that you may be more triggered this month. You may be quicker to anger and reflect on yourself and say, is this worth the fight? Is this worth my time? Or am I just feeling this because this is the energy I'm surrounded in? Is this just the energy I'm kind of tapped into right now that I'm vulnerable to? And so sometimes it's just saying, just look out for this path a little bit. Look out that you may be susceptible to, to go that way a little bit. And and that's not really with, within your best interest. So it doesn't have to be, this is going to happen because I don't think anyone can say that. I think it's all guidance, but it's warning you that this could happen if you're not aware of it. Yeah, I, I love all of that so much. I, I totally agree with it. And, you know, when it comes to things like the death card, that used to be one of my favorite cards. If you've ever had a reading from me, like for the listeners, you know that I have a lot of favorite cards because every time a card comes up, I'm like, oh, it's one of my favorite cards. So you, you, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of people who read tarot have the same feelings. But yeah, for, for me, especially when it comes to death, it's like, oh, this is exciting and I guess it's the way that you look at it the lens that you look at it through but there's like going to be a rebirth and like you say it does feel dramatic but when it comes to yeah any card for the tarot I see it as a self-awareness tool I see it as a thought-provoking tool I see it as a tool where you can just actually reflect or like you say like maybe you're a bit more prone to that type of energy this month. So look out for that energy and see where the situations that are coming into your life that will maybe activate that energy a little bit more. How do you want to deal with it? So it helps you deal with situations as well. I love tarot. Everyone knows I love it and I I will not stop telling people. (laughs) I always say you don't have to be super spiritual to get a tarot reading, to be interested in tarot because Yes, when you do it as long as I've done it and you know you've done it and other people and you've done it so much that there are things that can't be explained. There's synchronicities where you're like, I know that there's magic in this. I know that there's something more than just than just self-reflection, but it's so like potent with self-reflection too. Like you do not have to believe in the magic in it to get such a beautiful session because like you said, there's self-reflection, there's just sort of getting a better understanding of yourself. Like you can literally just use tarot to journal for the day. And it can be like a purely mindset thing. You don't have to be spiritual at all. And it can be so helpful for your own self-reflection and self-growth and self-healing moving forwards. I've done readings for my brother who's not spiritual whatsoever, one bit. And it's just thought-provoking for him, right? He goes, oh, I want to, I'll think about that. That's interesting. So I say take or leave the magic. I think it's a lot more fun with the magic personally, but you don't need it because it's just a really powerful tool no matter how you want to use it. 
love that. I love that so much. Take or leave the magic and just see whichever lens you want to look at it through. I really, really love that. I know that we are, I, I still want to talk about past life regression if you're happy to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I get questions because past life regression isn't something that I talk about as often as I talk about tarot. And this is because I'm not a past life regression practitioner. I've experienced my own past lives with a practitioner. So I get questions around this. What is past life regression? What does that even involve? What sort of healing happens with past life regression? Why would I want to book a past life regression session? So I would love for you as a practitioner to answer some of these questions or just give your own insights on what past life regression is and the type of healing that you can gain from it. Definitely. I think that passive regression is so powerful. I like to say that there's very active healing and I'll explain this when I explain the process a little bit more, but there's also really passive healing in it as well. And I think in the society we live in and with the healing that is even popular now, we see it as so active. Like you need to be doing the journaling. You need to be, you know, doing your meditation, doing all of this. And so like, that's so helpful, but you can also have passive healing where you get to like sit in a session and your body and soul knows what to do because you just got to free up the energy. So in a passive regression session, how it starts is we kind of like set the intention, right? We're like, okay, this is what I would like to gain from it. Whether you just want to stay open or whether you want to do something totally, you know, different. And you're like, this is something specifically I kind of want to know about myself. You set the intention and then it's just this huge practice of trust and surrender. I tell people just anytime you find yourself questioning it, just take a deep breath because we're tapping into past life memories and I'm bringing you through these memories. So in our society, a lot of the time we're told that things that are happening within our head aren't true, right? It's like, oh, you just made that all up in in your head. And so when you're brought into memories of your past lives, it can be really easy to ask yourself, am I just making this up, right? And you just have to trust. and, And when you're able to just release and trust and take that breath, you start to realize these synchronicities that there's no way you could make up that just make too much sense or that you never would have thought of. And what, how we're trained to do it is we have the beginners of like the beginner degree in hypnosis. So I have like a level one sort of hypnosis. And then we use hypnotic techniques to bring you into this, not trance because you're still fully in control of your body, but to bring you into your subconscious mind. Right. And then you're tapping into these memories and you get to see or feel. And I say to people, it's important to remember that it's not necessarily a visualization. For me personally, I'm very visual. So I see the whole thing like a visualization, but that's not always going to be the case because it's a memory. So we're so used to doing like a meditation or something and seeing this beautiful picture unfold in front of us. It's very visual, but our memories aren't necessarily the case. Sometimes a memory, you don't see the memory as much as you feel it deeply, right? Say you have a, like a memory of grief. You don't necessarily remember what you were doing in that time, but you can feel it, right? Say you have a smell that brings you back to like Christmas at your grandmother's house every year or whatever. It reminds you of this specific person. Our memories work like that too. You might not see anything, but the smell invokes a memory. And it's like this knowing, you smell that treat and you're like, oh yes, Christmas at grandma's. And you don't know why you're saying, oh yes, Christmas at grandma's necessarily, but that's the case. Or you hear something in a, a, a song or a sound and it 
takes you back to this trip that you took, right? And it's the same with past lives. You have to trust that inner knowing because it's not a visualization. You're not going to be there and and someone's going to walk up and be like, hello, I'm your sister. You're just going to feel this energy or see this person if it is more visual. And your inner knowing is going to be like, that's my sister because that's how memories work. So it's a memory. It's not a visualization. And that's where I think people can get a little confused. Like, oh, it's not what I expected, but that's because it's, it's a memory. It's not a visualization, right? And if people are wondering kind of how it works, what I was taught when I was getting my training is that I find this so fascinating that there's the a first law for scientific law called thermodynamics. And it's the idea that no energy can be created or destroyed. Everything's just a new mixture of energy. And so when we're looking at past life regression, whether you believe it to be a soul or brain waves or both, there is energy within you that after you die is continuing on to new planes of existence. And when it comes to past life regression, that's the energy that you're tapping into. Like that's the part of yourself that you're tapping into when you do a past life regression so that you can see what it's been through the, like the memories that are stored, the, the karma and energy that's stored within this part of yourself. That's, that's moving on. So whether you're super spiritual like me and you believe it to be a soul that holds it all, or whether you just believe it to be literal memory brainwaves that have moved on, that's the part you're tapping into yourself. And I find that so fascinating. <laughs> I love that explanation. That was perfect. That was so perfect. And seeing as we've got like a theme going on here, well, because it's true around self-trust, it it makes me think back to some of the first past life regression sessions that I had. Mm-hmm. And what I would say is you, you, it's interesting because it's kind of going to contradict myself. But what I would say is the first person that I did my past life regression with, nothing to do with them, but I said it just, he wasn't my person. And it is because it was the first time that I had ever experienced it that I, I guess there was that self-trust that needed to be built up there. And the more that I did that, I was able to see more and know more and, you know, obviously have the full-on experience. And I talk about Claire, who, so my audience will know who Claire is. She is like my spiritual healer that I do everything with, um, that I had my spiritual awakening with and everything. So she is the only other person that I've actually ever really done a past life regression, a few past life regression sessions with. And even in the beginning, I think it was the first session that I had with her. I remember I was already building on that self-trust and this might be to my levels of openness as well, but I was already building on that. And even when there was little moments of being very unsure, for example, she would, let's say, ask me a question and I said, all I can see is brown. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm thinking that's wrong. I'm like, ah, I don't know. All I can see is brown. I don't know why. And she goes, she's laughing on this. Ah, yeah, that makes so much sense. And I'm like, <laughs> really? So what was making sense in her mind and based on the story, you know, in our sessions, she's like, this makes sense because you are feeling muddy and unclear and, and you know, that type of feeling as well, or that's what you're feeling. And then moving forward, doing more, I was able to go in and give her all the story that I'm being able to visualize and see. And, you know, maybe she didn't even have to ask me questions. Now I was able just to give her it all through my whole vision. So I love the part of building up trust as well. I would say that I've done like maybe four or five past life regressions now, and I've gained 
so much wisdom, so many messages and guidance, so much healing, so much acceptance, all in different sessions um, through these past life regression sessions. And it's definitely something that I recommend for everyone to try out and then use that as an opportunity also to build up on self-trust when it comes to well, self-trust in general, but also your spiritual wellality. And also, you know, when you were talking about people who don't really want to talk about themselves being psychic, so you can call yourself a baby psychic. This will also help with the self-trust within that too. So it all, it all mixes, right? All of it, spirituality as a whole. <laughs> Definitely. And I think it's really important like what you bring up there is that you do make sure that you trust your passive regression practitioner. Like Either maybe it's someone's given you a recommendation and you've checked them out and you're like, oh yeah, this person seems really great for me. And you know that someone else has had a great experience or you trust that person as an authority figure in passive regression and spirituality or whatever it is that you're looking for. You can, you've connected with that person before. Like I always say, send your practitioner a message beforehand and see the energy that you're giving back because if they can't hold space for you asking a question before you book, then how are they supposed to hold space for you during a passive regression? Because it's such a vulnerable experience. You could have the most amazing experience in a passive regression where you see this life where you just lived in like luxury and had so much abundance of love. And you're still going to probably feel a little cracked open and raw afterwards because you've gone into a new part of your energy and a new part of yourself. So you want to make sure that there's space like that this person can hold space for you in a way that you feel comfortable that's also why like I have a few on my podcast I have one on my YouTube I put my I have a few free meditations out there because I have like a whole meditation library and I say to people who are like oh I'm not sure I'm like here do my meditations see how you feel in that meditative state it's not going to be as deep as the hypnosis but see how you feel in that meditative state allow your subconscious mind to get used to my voice because I do a little differently I think than your practitioner does. I think that's just like, there's two ways to do it. Some people will talk to you through your past life regression. And for me, I'm like, you are in silence for 40 minutes. You write down your experience and then we talk about it afterwards. I also do that for me because I like to validate what people like, cause I use my psychic abilities during that. So I will see images. I will feel what they're feeling and I'll write it down during the session and they won't speak to me. And so that way when they're, t- and then I don't write down anything once we start talking, And then they can see, like, I can say, look, I wrote that down. Like I wrote down that I also felt pain in my hip. And for anyone who's starting, like, who might be questioning it a little, it's that like extra little validation, right? To be like, I didn't say anything. And look, she wrote it down too. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it helps with that, build that trust a little bit as well, I think. But yeah, I think it's really important to make sure that you trust your practitioner because it, it does put you in a space where you feel very, very vulnerable, where you're digging up emotions. Like 50% of the people I do pass over questions with cry. And the other 50% usually have larger emotions. Like they're laughing, they're feeling anger, they're feeling whatever sort of way that they're feeling. And you want to make sure that you feel safe. Otherwise your conscious mind is going to come in and say, Hey, mm. what are we doing? What are we doing? This isn't a safe space. Or like, you know, it's just, you don't want to share something or whatever. Like, it's just really important that you're in that space that feels really comfortable. So whoever you do a passive regression with, you just want to make sure like, okay, this is the right person. Because like you said, maybe that first person, maybe you weren't in a state, like the right space to do it, but also maybe they just weren't the right person to do a passive regression with. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's perfect. And I love how you mentioned around the type of past life regression that you do, because I didn't know that. And that is really cool. I love, I see, this is what I mean. I love different perspectives and different ways of doing. And, and for me, this all, if I could sum all of this up, it feels very like the whole conversation. It feels very spiritual. And then I guess as a last question I would like to ask is what would you even consider spiritual? Oh yeah. I get, I get this question from people who are just starting out a lot. I get this question of how is spirituality different than religion? Right. That's a, and I think that's a really good way to like anchor it in and understand because religion is like organized and usually there's some sort of higher power or deity that you subscribe to. And there's a set of rules that you follow. And while spirituality can feel that way, if you believe in the universe, if you believe in whatever, the biggest thing I say with spirituality is it's just learning to work with your soul and energy and not putting anything on a pedestal. Like nothing gets put, you're working with, for me, it's the universe. If you want to say, I'm working with God, I'm working with whatever higher power you believe in, but when you're in a spiritual space, it's typically like you see yourselves as equals, like co-workers, co-creators, right? For me, I'm like, the universe is so vastly powerful and important, but I'm not putting the universe up on this pedestal. I'm like, hey, the universe is my BFF and we're working together and you know, I'm, I'm speaking with it. And because the universe is just there to help you and by idolizing it, it's putting it as something so far above you that you'll never be able to be worthy of it and to work with it. Right. So for me, spirituality is living life in a way that just is in tune with your energy and your soul, whatever that means for you. So if you like astrology and this other person doesn't, that doesn't make one person more spiritual than the other. It's just that you're on your own path. Mm. Mm, I love it. I love it. I feel like all explanations have been perfect for any any level of wherever you're at with your spiritual awakening or your spiritual journey or, you know, I have just loved this conversation. I feel like it has been everything. It has filled my soul a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much, Maggie, for being here. Please let us know everywhere we can find you, including your podcast, including your socials, because I know that you do have a lot of titles. So, you know, there are people that can come into your world in so many different ways. Thank you. I've had so much fun. I just love, I feel like we talked about so much of like a little bit of everything and it was just so much fun. And that's what I love to do. I just love to, like I said, I think early on, like have my hands in all different baskets. Like I just want to understand even if I'm just on a base level like understand it all and go deep in some places but there's just so much with spirituality to to talk about so it's so much fun today but yeah if you want to if you want to connect with me at all I'm always open even just for like a little spiritual chat you'll find me at Instagram over at Spring Moon Oracle and also on YouTube at Spring Moon Oracle and I have a podcast on anywhere that you listen to podcasts and it's just called the Goddess Journals. So you can go listen to my podcast and you can come chat with me. I do monthly readings. I, I think you know this, but I do monthly readings over on my YouTube. So even if you're just looking for the small amount of guidance, I do them for each Zodiac sign at the beginning of the Zodiac season. And it just gives a little general guidance. So if you're looking to dip your toes in somewhere, that's just somewhere that you can just see what it's like for you. And that's 
doesn't cost you anything but your time, <laughs> go, you can go check those out because I've started doing those for the past few months and I'm really loving them. So that's me. <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely. And all of those will be in the show notes, but also like you can just go to the link in um, Maggie's bio and you will be able to go to the podcast. You'll be able to go to the YouTube channel. I know like you did mention as well, and also me saying that we could talk for 50 hours about this. There is, this was just an introduction to a few different things and there is so much more. So especially on your podcast as well, I know that you go deeper into little sections of spirituality. And I know that you share some of your stories with your past life regression sessions as well, or your past life experiences. So yeah, definitely go check that out. Thank you so much for coming on, Maggie. Thank you. It was so much fun. (laughs) 